0: More than half of high-growth companies struggle with the sales development process. If you want your sales team to have more at-bats with decision-makers at target accounts, talk to Inside Sales Team, the sales development team experts at insidesalesteam.com.
1: Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I'm David Delaney, your host, and I'm very, very honored today to be joined by Mr. Steve Woods with Nudge.ai, the CTO of Nudge. Steve, how are you doing today?
0: Doing well, David. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, I'm very thrilled to be here.
1: Okay, welcome to all of our Canadian listeners. We've got Steve is up in Toronto today, and we, you know, I just appreciate you making the time. I'm really excited to talk with you. I think, you know, I've been a user of Nudge for a couple of months now. And before I kind of jump into the interesting problem that you're trying to solve over there, can you just give us some background on Steve and and how you came to become the CTO of
0: Nudge? sure so i've been in tech for for a while now the the biggest piece of that was as co-founder and cto at eliqua in the marketing space so we started that back in the beginning of 2000 uh, so obviously market timing is is not my forte, so hopefully we'll avoid that topic today. <laughs> but we grew that uh, from 2000, grew that ultimately taking it public and selling it to Oracle, which became the foundation for the Oracle Marketing Cloud. Uh, that was about 2012, I think, that that transaction happened. So been around tech, been in the the general revenue space for a while, a little bit more on the marketing side of the fence there, but, but enough to kind of see the effect of the changing buyer and the changing seller and how technology played a played a role in that and it's it's something i've been passionate about through that period and ever since
1: yeah i mean eliqua you know that's one of the big i don't know what the big the big 3 you know <laughs> there's the the big 3 of marketing automation and i remember as a sales rep you know coming up when salesforce was interesting and new and everyone was like wow you know you keep all your contacts in the cloud that's really cool you know and that the next <laughs> thing that came up was the marketing automation and you know you you were right from the beginning of that whole revolution what was that like in in putting that together and and trying to solve that problem for marketers i mean i'm going way back now <laughs>
0: <laughs> making me sound old it, it it does go back a bit i i think a lot of it really comes down to if if you sort of zoom out and look at the the transformation you, you just had this this sort of macro change in buying behavior you you had the advent of the internet which which basically meant the advent of a complete change in information flow buyers going and getting their information online, freely available, readily available. And and that completely changed. It changed the ability of salespeople to get into a conversation because they didn't have this sacred asset anymore. They, They didn't have the information that a buyer needed. You could learn about a space. You could learn about an industry. You could learn about a provider and never talk to anyone. And Marketing at the same time had this wonderful ability to start looking at what was going on instead of marketing just being this, this amorphous thing that happened with with no tracking, with no analytics. And we saw that happen. Really, marketing needs to be better equipped to deal with this change. You know, new tools, new approaches. And, and what ended up being new new people, you know, marketing operations and demand generation people didn't exist. You know, you had you had kind of brand marketers back then that you know were more about the wording, the story, and the the aesthetics, the picture or the video. They weren't about the analytics. Uh and, and so it was a very interesting transformation for you know over that over that decade to get to the marketers that we have today who who say, I'm all about delivering leads to the salespeople that I serve. And here is how I do it. It's analytical. It's process-oriented. And it's a very different thought process to marketing than you had uh, 10 or 15 years ago. That
1: is so interesting. you know. I, I, and and like I said, we're going in the way back machine. But I remember when marketing was just sort of a, a cost center and they, they were creating blue pens and you know stuff for the <laughs> booth at the event site, which we still have to do. But you didn't have back then. You didn't have the whole – Analysis and you know rigorous analysis that we have today with people that are bringing more of a science into marketing by using you know your Eloqua and and your other marketing automation platforms. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, and and I think in, in in so many ways you've got that you know the macro trend that buyers are shifting and the macro trend that activity became trackable. The the whole digital body language concept that, that we introduced there really was around the idea that there's a thing you can look at that didn't exist before. Let's start looking at it. And it really enabled those two sort of foundational things, just enabled a different way of, of approaching the discipline and, and allowed it to become measurable and metric and, and not a cost center, really part of the revenue chain.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's amazing that you were part of that that whole revolution. I mean, really at the advent of that. And it also reminded me, there was a, a book that came out, you're probably you you're probably against this, but it's uh, Revenue Disruption. And if anybody hasn't read that, it's uh, by, I think his name's Phil Fernandez, the guy who started Mar- Marketo. And he goes into a re- really great you know explanation of that change that took place. Because in the old days, the salespeople had all the information. And it right. And you had to come on and and they would sort of sell it to you. Nowadays, people are doing what 70, 75% of their research
0: online before they even get involved in sales, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's I mean it was a it was a fun battle back in the day. Definitely uh us, us and Marketo and the the folks over at Pardot and a few other folks, definitely interesting to see the space evolve. Obviously, everyone sort of landed in in different spaces after those early days, but definitely I, I think when we did get together and and kind of put the competitive fires aside and and just kind of break bread or or or, or grab a beer, that was the observation that we all made was just this this profound macro shift in behavior that was happening on both sides of the, the revenue equation. And, and you know, that became the theme in terms of how we, how we went to market, how we thought, how we, how we fought competitively. Uh, and it was a fascinating time. It was very, very interesting to see that happen in marketing. And and now I think we're, we're sort of kind of at the early stages of seeing a similar transition happen in, in the world of selling.
1: Yeah, and and you're back in front of these macro trends with with nudge and what you're working on over there. And you know, it is a similar transition that's happening because if you've ever seen that that Scott Brinker slide where every year there's more marketing automate you know, point solutions growing and growing and growing and now it's like 5,000 companies <laughs> trying to solve these problems and and now one's coming out for sales and so people are understanding that you know there's all these different problems in sales and they're trying to plug into and so tell us about the problem that you're trying to solve with nudge and how you're going about you know putting the
0: technology behind that absolutely yeah so the challenge that we see in sales is if you look at if you look at how deals happen today so much of it is really around the the relationships get that get built and the trust that gets developed if you're a salesperson that that doesn't rely on that and you're just essentially commoditizing your outreach your chance of of being successful and remaining successful is very very low the ones who are able to to Help these buyers and and sort of stay in touch, stay top of mind, act as a quarterback, get them the resources that they need, poke them and prod them in the right way. Those are the sales reps that are successful, and and that is all about relationship development. It, it's kind of fascinating in this way that that sales, as the world advances, sales in so many ways is actually going back to the basics. It's all about relationships and the human to human development of trust that happens obviously now at significantly more scale and and much more kind of broadly developed than it was historically. But the human element of sales is the, is the part that comes to the foreground. And, And we looked at the space and realized this, this fascinating challenge that nobody was actually looking at relationships. You had Salesforce really looking at the close cycle for a deal that is already well in play, you know, managing it from, you know, a a very good chance of close through to finish. You had LinkedIn kind of building this, this graph of connections with no ability to measure the strength of the relationships there and understand who you actually know versus connected to you know, eight years ago at a conference. And so there was this gap in the market of understanding relationships and understanding the deals that are in play through that lens of relationship. So we dove in with Nudge and it's, it's, been a, it's been a fascinating run to see the organizations that are making that shift from sales as a, as a relentless volume exercise to sales as a, as a relationship exercise
1: man and and the further that you go up the the enterprise you know enterprise sales it becomes even more important so this is really fascinating to me so so let's take it down to like a practitioner so i've got you know 2500 links on linkedin of mostly people that i i've never even met i mean they just reached out and asked me to connect i said sure why not and then and i'm going through my day i'm i'm opening deals, I'm meeting with customers, I'm meeting with referral partners and things like that. How does Nudge help me to understand
0: where I should better be, you know, spending my time? Absolutely. Yeah. So so here's the the big thing that happens in all of those cycles, right? You 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 do your initial reach out and, and maybe it's casual and maybe it's you know driven by some form of cadence and boom, you connect. And you have that initial chat. You, you, you get an idea into the person's head. Hey, this is what we're doing. They're like, that sounds really interesting. Probably not top of mind yet. Should totally stay in touch. Right? Like that, that happens all the time. That probably happens 90% of those initial conversations. This is kind of interesting. I'm not going to tell you to go away, but we're not doing it right now. Right, That, that happens. Yeah. And so you're stuck. You're so stuck as a salesperson because you can't you can't put that person into a deal cycle in Salesforce and we're marching it from a 10% chance of close, check, checking off the tick boxes and getting it through to, to be done. It's not it's not ready for that yet. Yeah. You can't put it back into sales loft or outreach as a cadence and say, I'm gonna send you 21 emails in 32 days <laughs> until you submit and buy now. That's not gonna work either. So you you've got this this problem with that with that potential relationship where what that buyer is asking for is for you to stay in touch build the relationship get sort of broader and deeper in the account build that trust get meaningful stuff in front of them meaningful observations on what's going on in the world what's going on in their organization ways to think about things and you've got to do the hard work of being a true relationship-based salesperson and keep that relationship alive until they say, you know what, David, I'm, I'm glad we've stayed in touch for the last six months. Now we're actually ready to start thinking about the things that you have been poking us with. We're ready to start thinking that way. Let's start talking about a deal. And right. that's hard. If you look at where revenue leaks out of most funnels, it's that middle zone, Where, hey, let's stay in touch. We're not ready to do anything yet. What are you going to do? So Nudge tackles that problem. We grab those people. We look at your relationships. We look at your team's relationships with with the account. We understand where you need to go broader and deeper. We understand where those relationships are strong, where they're active, where they're falling off, where you started to drop the ball. Hey, maybe you haven't been in touch for a few weeks. Maybe you haven't been in touch for a month. And we do a ton of research. We say, what's going on that gives you a point of view, that gives you something meaningful to get back in front of those people? And we don't let you drop any of those balls. We give you the great reasons. We give you the, the kick in the pants if you're really dropping the ball and you haven't been in touch. And over time, you can keep that group in touch, top of mind, prompted, and change their thought process such that six months later, they're like, you know what, David, we got we to gotta do something. You're right. We need, to, we need to really think about this problem differently. Let's get something on the table.
1: Right, because I, I think right now, I'm, I'm just putting myself in the shoes of your average sales team. They set the appointment and they have the initial call, the discovery call, looks interesting, building some great rapport, now is not the right time. And then, yeah. then from your eloquent days, you, know, you it goes into a nurture track. You know, <laughs> That's what yeah. happens to it right now. And, and it just kind of goes into a black hole. And and so now what you're saying is for example I put the nudge the nudge window into my Chrome extension and it pops out and it and it gives me a bunch of stats and data for how strong my relationship is and potential ways that I can get back in touch with the person it just kind of is with me as I go
0: through my day is that correct Absolutely yeah so so that sort of gives you the the reactive information there's also an ability with nudge to say, Hey, this is who I'm going after. This is my target account list, my target prospect list. And I want to be in touch with them. I want to be in touch with them a minimum every three weeks. Give me information that lets me do that. And don't let me drop that, drop that ball on, on that set of people that are in that now's not the right time zone. That's the hardest zone for any organization to tackle. Cause that, that black box is real, right? You, if you if you have that lead as a salesperson and they're in that now is not the right time zone, yeah, do you, do you kick them back to marketing and basically say, I give up completely, start nurturing them, and if you show any signs of life, maybe kick them back to me or to someone else if it's a round robin, eh, that doesn't feel right, or... Do you keep them as your lead? And you're like, no, 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 there's a pulse there. Something's going to happen. But then you've got to manage that yourself. So that that hole, that's why so much leaks out through that crack in the funnel because it's not, it's not defined. It's not really easy to say, this is what you need to do with this lead. It needs to be in marketing or it needs to be in the, the funnel management part of Salesforce. Neither of those are true. You need to build the relationships and that's, it's messy and it's hard.
1: Yeah, that's that's so interesting because, it, you know, circling back to what you first said, we're talking about people here and people and building relationships. And everyone's at different points, you know, in the problems that they're trying to solve at their company. So it's it's all over the place. They're they're not just leads, you know, like sitting in Salesforce. And they're not just like ones and zeros and pixels. They're actual people in all these different parts of a potential you know, d- discovery and buying process. So I'm really interested about what you said in, if you've got a whole list of, you know, a hundred people that you talk to, you know, in the month of August and and you want to, you know, all of them said, okay, now's not a good time, but you want to keep in touch with them. How do you manage that whole list of a hundred people?
0: Absolutely. And that's where that's where it became possible to do it now that it's 2017, right, you can you can do more with technology now than you could have a decade ago. So what we're doing in the back end, and this is sort of the the A.I. part of Nudge is doing all of the work that you would do manually, doing all of that thinking of, OK, what's what's going on and what's my relationship and what's happening in in this person's world and what's happening in social media and what's happening at their company and, and what is it all about? And do I care? And digesting all of that to say, David, here's something meaningful that happened on account 27 out of your list of a hundred, you probably should from a point of view, reach out to these three people at that account. And, and you could do that all manually. If you woke up at six in the morning, And started researching every single one of your 100 accounts and looking for that point of view and then do the same thing tomorrow because it's all about timeliness and relevance and news of the day. And if you're 48 hours late, well, it's kind of old news. You could do all that manually and, and some heroic salespeople do. What we're doing is using AI to do all of that work for you and just give you the set of action items that allow you to keep in touch with those hundred accounts that allow you to go broader and deeper into the relationships you need at those hundred accounts and really help you kind of flesh out that relationship building strategy and not uh, drop any of the balls that you you shouldn't drop. Inside Sales Team fully integrates with clients. CEO of Discover Org, Henry Schutt partnered with us and we've generated over 25 million in new business revenue. They are firing on every best practice for running a sales development team. Learn more at insidesalesteam.com
1: right okay and and so i've I've probably got the basic version of nudge, and I get an email every day with an e- an email digest you know of of different things that are happening with the people in my circle and and so is that is that what you mean by you know letting me know so in other words, instead of me having to get up at you know five in the morning and dig through all this information to try to find it. I get this one email that says, here's what five people are doing. Here's how to reach out to continue to nurture the relationship.
0: Absolutely. So, I mean, not not to turn a a podcast into into a sales pitch, but the professional version lets you target instead of your relationship, you would then say, okay, these are my target accounts. So rather than just looking at your relationship and saying, hey, David, stay in touch, this is your general network, it would say, David... These are the 100 companies on your target account list. These are the people there that you care about. This is what's going on with that lens. Your, your lens being your territory and your path to achieving quota. Similar idea, but really focused on what you need to do in terms of relationship building to move your deals in your territory towards your quota target.
1: Okay. Yeah, and, and by the way, I'm I'm really interested in this, and so don't worry about making it a commercial. If they don't want to listen to it, they don't have to. It's my show, but I'm I'm genuinely, you know, because I you know I see the gap in what your guys are trying to do, honestly, and you know I think that it's it's brilliant because you know you you haven't been able to do this at scale until you bring in the whole AI component where some some of some robot is out there thinking for you and delivering it to you right
0: absolutely yeah <laughs> it, it would be very difficult to do with yesterday's tech it just doesn't there's so much daily churning through what's new what's going on what's what's my viewpoint you just couldn't do it with yesterday's system it really needs the modern tech and the machine learning of of today to to be able to tackle the you know, if you break down that goal into the thousand technical micro problems that you need to tackle, yeah, you need, you need big tech.
1: Yeah. You need very smart people. And, and I mean, the way that things are going, did, did you, I think it was, it was actually, they determined that it was not true, but I heard on the internet where everything's real, <laughs> uh, that, um, Two two AI computers at Facebook were talking to each other and started to create a language that the human operators couldn't understand anymore, so they had to shut it down.
0: <laughs> yeah, not all things on the internet are necessarily true, but at, but at the same time, yeah, the the capabilities of today's AI systems to you know see patterns and create their own patterns that you might not necessarily have. Been looking for uh, is pretty fascinating. It's you know you, you you look at the world of sales and we kind of have this this viewpoint of this is what I need to do to be a good salesperson and I don't know is it right? Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. Maybe there's an opportunity to to see out a a pattern that you wouldn't necessarily have 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 gone to before because it's being looked at through a through a different set of eyes. Yeah.
1: And I, I do, I, you know, I agree that you're kind of taking it back to the old days of building relationships. It was just, it wasn't scalable. It was the insurance agent, you know, who knew everybody in town and he was the, the, you know, he would walk around and he was the go-to guy because he had those relationships, but he, it was just one town. Now, if you've got a territory that's, you know, the entire Pacific Northwest, and, you know, you're you're working the territory of every, you know, technology company in the state of Washington. You can't walk around <laughs> and, and pass out your business card. You can't go to every event. So you need, it's almost like, I look at this as, as like Iron Man, you know, you need the human component of Tony Stark, but, but it's layered on with uh, Jarvis, right?
0: Yeah. No, I, I think you're <laughs> right. I, I think the idea that AI is going to magically replace salespeople, end of sentence, is a total myth. That's not going to happen in the foreseeable future. There's elements of the role that are facilitated. And, and if you look at you know, even at the most simple level, this isn't even AI, but you know it used to be that providing a product brochure was something that a salesperson would do. Right. And and that was the start of the conversation. Well, you know, that died 15, 20 years ago. And, and I think, you know, if you if you break down the role of sales into all of those little tiny tasks and then take those tasks and say, wait a minute, do, does a human need to be doing that task? That's the more valid way of looking at it. And, and I think, you know, so much of sales is access to information and using that access to information to develop trust, you need to facilitate that salesperson with unexpectedly better information in order for them to develop the trust that they need to develop to have the opportunity to guide the thinking of that potential account.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, we can't, I, I think with all the advent of technology in sales, it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's made us lazy as much as as we can't just rely on the technology and especially with being able to send now now you wouldn't have even dreamed this but now every salesperson has the potential to have an Eloqua, you know, in their pocket on their phone with the cadence systems. You know, they they can send out 5 million emails themselves. And and it's like it's sort of removing the human element because you figure, oh, I'll send out a five hundred emails and hopefully I'll set an appointment. But that's you know kind of relying on the technology too much.
0: Well, I think I mean I'm I'm on the recipient end <laughs> of a significant percentage of those five million emails. Yeah, and I think maybe you know that the the approach and and the verbiage that was used. You know, maybe three, four years ago, that came across as a proxy for being human, right? Like if I got an email from you and then a week later, hey, did you get the email below? I'm like, oh, that that kind of sounds like... This guy's really on it. He's on it. Yeah. Or, you know, hey, it's 2017. That's not the conclusion that I jump to <laughs> when I get the, hey, did you get my email email? So, so I think, you know, you really need to, to take every tactic and technique through the lens of of right now what the buyers are anticipating and, and expecting and interpreting
1: yeah that is a really good point you you can't just rely on a playbook even from five years ago i mean the words things are just moving too fast and you know that that did work maybe five years ago when you thought that that was a human being actually following up but now you realize okay this is part of an automated system let me ask you this for a lot of the listeners on this show who are SDRs, BDRs, or the managers of those teams, is there a use case for Nudge as their pre, you know, pre-sales call in the prospecting usage?
0: Absolutely. I think depending on on your organization and its general views. If what you're looking at doing with prospecting is sort of more along the lines of challenger st- sale thinking, you know, we're not going after volume and hoping that one of five million says, "Fine, I'll take a meeting." We're, we're we're going after specific accounts. We're going in with a point of view, and we want that point of view to be relevant, unique, fresh. Then the hard part of your day as an SDR or a BDR is doing the research. What's going on with those accounts? Today, that's interesting that I have a point of view on. Now, that's not all organizations. There's still a lot of organizations that are really oriented around pure volume. And in that case, you know, until that runs its course and burns out, probably not the best fit for nudge. But the ones that have kind of matured beyond that and said, you know what, all that's doing is burning. The entire audience of prospects that we could potentially have and souring them on our message and our brand, maybe we shouldn't do that. When when you get to that level, then the next question is, okay, well, how do we how do we create challenger-esque points of view at scale? And there, the the ability of Nudge to use AI to do that research for you and say, okay, out of the thousand accounts you're gonna target, here's, you know, you said. The the kind of events that are meaningful are, you know, the executive changes, the scandal coverage, the, you know, new product announcements, boom, yesterday, 17 out of those thousand accounts had that kind of a thing happen, go after those 17. But it only, it only works when the team and the management get to that level where they say, you know what, let's maybe, maybe raw volume is not the, the be all and end all strategy. Let's rethink yeah yeah
1: i'm thinking you know if they're still in that land grab you know pioneer stage where we just need to call everybody in the in you know the united states i mean that that you know that's just a a volume thing but then when you start to go you've got now you've got those are all gone you've got to go up mid-market or enterprise those aren't going to work anymore i mean you know you can't just cold call those you've got to come in with some kind of thoughtful approach. And, and, and yeah, I mean, that's exactly what they could use nudge for. I want to use,
0: uh, man, this is, this is cool. This is cool. I'm stoked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think what, what's interesting is I find the best way to think about kind of outbound messaging, whether it's, whether it's SDR <laughs> led or, or, or even marketing led is almost through the lens of, of kind of immunology, right? Like if you think about a disease kind of moving through a population, when it first hits, you know, the, 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 the flu hits Europe, well, it's in this kind of untouched population and goes like wildfire. But three years later, that population has built an incredible immunity and the effect is not there. It just doesn't, it doesn't go until it, mutates a little bit and changes and i think messaging is the same way you know if you if you think if you think 3 years ago the the, the clickbait messages of you know she opened the door and you wouldn't believe what happened next we were all clicking on those we were like ooh i, I wouldn't believe no like i i got to see this and then within a year you recognize that pattern and develop an immune response to it and you're like oh god not that kind of clickbait again and, and so that, that transition happens so quickly, whether it's, you know, clickbait on ads or marketing messaging or sales messaging. And, and so, you know, that's why to your point, I'd very much agree a best practices playbook from three years ago is dead wrong because it will rely on approaches that worked wonderfully three years ago. But now the population is immune to that approach because they've seen it on every single inbound that they've received for six months straight. So I think you, you've really got to come up with a strategy that is there for the long term. And, and I think most of those rely on really having a point of view rather than a tactic.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel like it's, I was actually talking about this with, with Dave earlier, The the approach of... Building the relationship based on I'm trying to help and build a community here to, to be able to help folks that are struggling with the issues that you're struggling with. And here's a lot of value, a lot of value. And and then eventually down the road, we're going to I need to ask you for a meeting, <laughs> take a meeting with me. But instead, I mean, right now, I think what a lot of people are doing is they go straight in for the meeting. Like, hey, do you have 15 minutes to talk about me and my product? And man, that's not building a relationship.
0: Yeah, and I think that's really a, a great conversation that the the sales team and the marketing team and potentially the product team should be having at most organizations, which is what can the ask of a BDR team be if it's not, I need a 30-minute meeting? you know, what, what can I get you to do that is a smaller step towards me that offers more value for you? And if, if I can trim down the ask and inflate the reward, I'm much more likely to get someone to take that step than, yeah, Hey, a 30 minute meeting to talk about me. Sounds wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's, it's such a coordinated effort between, sales marketing, you know, products or whatever it is you offer, the, the thing, all of those groups need to get together and say, sales is hard. What is the thing that we are going to have our salespeople give and ask for that allows them to succeed rather than saying, I don't know, you're a salesperson, ask for a meeting. That That's not helpful advice from the other departments in the organization.
1: That's very forward thinking, you know, and like you said, most companies are very siloed in that way. And they, and, and they, they ask that same question. Why why don't you just go get some appointments, you know, and, and, and a lot of folks that you talk to, it's just, well, we just need more appointments. Okay, let's, but, you know, to your point, let's peel that back a little bit and really understand. It's like writing a, an article you're, you're writing to get them to read the, the title. And then the, Get them to read the first line, get them to read the second line. You can't go all the way down to the whole point of the article. I mean, you're just trying to trying to inch them along toward what you're trying to do. Instead, like like you said, we're going straight to the appointment and people are just getting turned off. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this has been amazing. I mean, I I I really have a better understanding about Nudge and uh what you guys are trying to do I think it's amazing I think everybody should check it out and I'm a big fan. I'm glad I got you on the show Steve. I really appreciate it. And uh you know thanks for joining us.
0: Well, thank you David. I've really enjoyed the the chat and and thanks for thanks for having me and thanks for the uh, the kind words on nudge.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're going to learn more about it. We got the sales development conference coming up on the 21st and Paul, the CEO is going to be speaking on a CEO panel and bringing up a lot of this uh great info that you guys have been doing. Good luck with everything. Thanks again. And we'll talk soon. Thank you, David. Have a great day.